For the last 18 months, as you well know, we have been dealing with this COVID-19 business. This is the first time that any of us in our lifetimes has dealt with something identified as a pandemic. But we know about that word now, don't we? We we have heard that so many times. You know, we have always had to deal with the so-called seasonal flu. That's not new to us. We're familiar with dealing with the flu. But this COVID thing has been like, as they say, the flu on steroids. But still, though, there are some uh, parallels between the COVID-19 bug and uh, the seasonal flus that we endure year by year. In particular, we are familiar with the idea of how these things spread. Uh, We know that we typically get the flu or this COVID-19 virus by way of contact with people who have it. And so the, 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 the spread of the flu or the COVID is by coming into contact with people who have it. And therefore, we have been instructed about avoiding that, particularly in these last 18 months. And so before that, I'm sure, I'm sure before the last 18 months, I had never heard of a thing called social distancing. But we know about social distancing now, don't we? And of course, we've been told about wearing masks and, and quarantining oneself and so forth because that will limit the spread by, by keeping yourself from being in contact with the people who have the bug. Uh, and so I want you to think about that, about how the flu or this COVID, but especially the flu, how the flu is spread. The, the flu is more accurately influenza, right? We shorten it. We just call it the flu. But it, uh, the flu is influenza. Influenza comes from a Latin word. And that Latin word suggests the, the effect of the stars. Because people, ancient people thought that when you got sick with something like the flu... It was the influence of the stars working upon you. You got sick because of the influence or the effect of the stars. Uh, It was how they influenced people. It was influenza. Our word, influenza, comes from exactly that same root. uh, And it, it is suggesting, literally, the effect that it has on us and others. And so influenza the effect of the stars on us, is the idea of how things, external things, may affect us. And that same root word is the root of influence. And so for our lesson this morning, we want to talk about the power of influence. Do you you see the word flu there? And in fact, these words come from exactly the same root in Latin. And so it suggests how things spread. How, how we have the potential or power to affect others. That's the idea of influence. And we want to talk about that for a few minutes in our lesson this morning. Thanks for being here. We've got a beautiful Lord's Day in Middle Tennessee and a great opportunity to be together. We're glad that you have chosen to be a part of this. Thanks for your encouragement that you provide by being here. We're glad that we have this chance to be together. We're, we're grateful for our visitors. We invite you to come back every time. You have a chance to be here. Let's talk about 
the power of influence. Influence is, in fact, a powerful thing. And I would suggest to you, first of all, that there's a history to this. And men have always suffered when they followed bad influence. The very first example of negative effects of influence is, in fact, one of the oldest stories in human history. And it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and it talks about Eve being deceived by Satan, but then influencing her husband to commit the sin as well. In Genesis 3, verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. You know the rest of the story as Paul Harvey used to say. You know how that unfolded from there. But think about this. Adam was negatively affected by Eve. She had a bad influence on him. Right there from the start, you see that bad influence is a serious thing that can certainly cause a lot of damage. A well-known Old Testament story is in 1 Kings chapter 12, and it deals with the nation of Israel after the death of King Solomon. We know the first three kings of Israel were Saul, David, Solomon. After Solomon passed, his son Rehoboam came to the throne. Now, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, had a a little bit of a, a problem to deal with because almost immediately folks came to him and said, Listen, your father taxed us to death, and we want you to ease the burden a little bit. We talk about the great prosperity that the nation of Israel enjoyed during the time of Solomon. But it wasn't without a cost, and the people felt like they had been oppressively taxed by Solomon. And so they came to his son Rehoboam, as he's just now the new king, and said, Listen, we need you to let up on us a little bit. We need you to ease the load of taxation. And, and, and so he said, Well, give me some time to think about it. Uh, basically, I think he asked for three days. And it says here in, in 1 Kings 12, beginning of verse 6, King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon his father while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he abandoned the counsel that the old men gave him and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And so the old men gave certain advice. It was sound advice, right? It was the right thing. But notice he abandoned the counsel of the old men. He took counsel with the young men that had grown up with him and stood before him. Bad influence. He was motivated by their bad advice and influence. He did what the young men said rather than what the old men said. And the kingdom was forever divided. Again, the effects of a bad influence. You know, it's not just weak people who are subject to the problem of bad influence. Even strong people are susceptible. In the reading that Alex did for us a moment ago in Galatians chapter 2, we read about Peter. Now before certain came, this is Galatians 2 verse 12, before certain men came, certain men came from James, Peter was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. 
You know, you talk about Peter, and Peter, I mean, one of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, he he's worried about these Jews who had come from Jerusalem. If they saw him associating with the Gentiles, what would they think of him? He was He was worried about that. But you know, you might say, well, yeah, but that's Peter. Peter was that way. Peter was really impetuous. Peter might do something like that. There's been a history with Peter. Peter's made some mistakes in the past. We're not terribly surprised, maybe someone says, that Peter would do such a thing. I don't know. We could argue that. i tell you who I'm impressed with, though, here. Barnabas. He was influenced by what Peter and the others were doing. The rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with Peter, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. I think it's interesting that Paul says, even Barnabas was taken by that. Again, we, we, we're talking about strong people who can suffer the effects of bad influence. And we have to believe that Barnabas was, everything we know about Barnabas, he's a really great guy, a strong, faithful servant of the Lord. But even he was not immune from, I'm trying to make a play on words there, he was not immune from the bad influence of those others that he was around. And so we need to realize that bad influence is out there. It always causes trouble. People have suffered through the ages because of bad influence. But on the other hand, we could say this. Good influence has historically accomplished great things. As much harm as bad influence can cause, so also much good can come from positive influences. We could look at a number of Bible heroes to suggest how a good influence can accomplish tremendous things. might think for a minute about Moses. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says, The man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. We have often defined meek to mean strength under control. And Moses was definitely that. He was really strong. He controlled that, but he was really strong in leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Think about that for a minute. Moses had to go and confront Pharaoh. And it's almost certainly true to say that Pharaoh was the most powerful man in the world of that day. He was the most powerful dictator that was ruling at the moment. This wasn't like that Moses had to go and speak to some, you know, insignificant underling, some bureaucrat in the Egyptian government. He had to go and directly confront the man who was very likely the strongest man in the world of that day, and he did so. He effectively withstood Pharaoh, and then he led what you would have to identify as an incredibly rebellious people. The children of Israel were a very rebellious people, and he was able to lead them successfully to the very border of the promised land. Moses was a powerful influence for good. We see those who exercise good influence can accomplish tremendous things. We know well that Joshua immediately followed Moses in leading Israel. By the way, some of you pointed out to me last week when I was supposed to be talking about Joshua, I said Jeremiah instead. I don't know why I did that. Uh, We're talking about Joshua here. Joshua was the one who led Israel immediately after Moses' death. And at the end of his life, I've always been impressed, I think you have been too, by what's said at 
Joshua 24, verse 31, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Look at this. Israel, there's that same rebellious people that Moses had to deal with. Moses served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's great. That's talking about how powerful his influence was. But that's not the limit of it. And all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua. And so his influence was so strong, not only while he was alive and personally leading Israel, but after he died, those who knew him and knew of his influence were also faithful to the Lord. That's really impressive when you think about it. We could multiply the examples, but I think we can simply say, men suffer from bad influence, but good influence, on the other hand, can accomplish great things. Now, having made those simple observations, we would simply ask, what about your influence? What about yours? What about you particularly? What about your influence? There's there's no such person alive who has no influence whatsoever. You have influence. Everybody does. Even the most insignificant individuals in our society have influence. Even a guy who makes himself a hermit. You know, I'm going to go out and live in the hills and I'm not going to, I'm not going to interact with other people. I'm going to be off by myself. I'm going to keep to myself. Even he has an influence by virtue of his choice to try to stay isolated from others. Even the most shy and introverted person has an influence. Sometimes we talk about our sphere of influence. And that's sort of our picture back here has sort of gotten covered up. But here's one guy standing in front of a whole host of other people. He has a sphere of influence. What about your sphere sphere of influence? Estimates are that the average individual knows 600 other people. I don't know. I don't know whether that's accurate or not. But studies have suggested that the average individual will know 600 people. Among those, he will have 10 to 15 people that he is especially close to, intimately involved with 10 to 15 people. I think it's higher for us. Now, I think we may know more than 600. I think we definitely have close interaction with more than 10 or 15 people, even right here in the local congregation. It'd be far greater than that. But that's just saying that everybody has influence. You have influence. So what about your influence? Well, let me suggest to you that there's a couple of different elements of this influence. Part of it is what we might call conscious influence. When I when I suggest conscious influence, what I'm talking about there is the kind when you know that you are on display. You are aware that other people are watching you. And when, it, and, and when that's the case, when you're conscious of the fact that other people are really looking and observing what you're doing, when that's the case, it's really important to be on our very best behavior. When you're conscious that other people are watching, you need to be on your best behavior. Now, this is interesting. Jesus taught that, that this is a, a sort of a balancing act, if you will, In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, beginning verse 1, he said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. 
Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Notice, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Jesus here was talking about the motive for which we do things. And he says, don't do this for the praise of others. Don't do this so they'll see you and praise you. And so he was really talking about what's your motive and what you do and why you do it and how you do it. Don't do your works to be seen of men in order to receive praise from them. But in that same Sermon on the Mount, you know well, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they may see your good works. They're going to see your works. Now he said in the previous verse, don't do it to receive their praise. Don't do it to be seen of them and receive their praise. But he, he acknowledged people are going to see your good works. Let them see your good works for the purpose of glorifying your Father which is in heaven. And so Jesus knew that we are going to be observed by others uh, and thus others are influenced by us. Make sure it's a good influence so that they will be led to glorify the Father based upon what they see in you. And so there is this conscious influence. When, when we're aware that there are people who are looking and perceiving and making judgments about us, trying to decide what kind of people, when you know other people are looking, you want to really be careful. As we said, be on your best behavior. But there's something else, and I'm going to identify this as unconscious influence and here we're talking about the literally hundreds of seemingly unnoticed things that we may do uh, that are uh, that are not necessarily immediately impactful in other words they may not be the things that people react to immediately but they add up to have a great effect and so here we're talking other people are always watching but they they may not be influenced by some minor thing that we do, but when it all adds up, this unconscious influence that we have over others is significant. I heard a true story recently about a nurse in a hospital who learned the truth of God because she had observed members of the Lord's church and how kind and caring and compassionate they were for others in the hospital under her care. And she was able to identify, these, these people are Christians, they're members of the Lord's church. I want to know more about them and what they believe. And she became a believer because she was influenced, because she just constantly kept seeing these people doing good. I would call that a sort of unconscious influence. Who would have guessed that? Who would have thought, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, but I didn't think about the nurse at the nurse, nursing, uh, nurse's station back there paying attention to what I was doing. You see that? An unconscious sort of influence. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, Peter says, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Note, this, this kind of influence has to be consistent. Well, we're talking about this sort of unconscious uh, 
influence has to be consistent. Keep your behavior excellent, he said. You've got to keep doing this. These things add up over time, but it has to be consistently true. It can't be doing good one time, but the next time they see you, you're not doing good at all. That's not going to have any cumulative influence effect. If anything, it'll be a bad influence. You've got to keep your behavior excellent. And so these people are watching us. And we can do the right thing a hundred times in a row. But if they catch us doing the wrong thing just once, it destroys all of that. You've got to keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. I've got I to confess to you, and Cindy would quickly acknowledge this as being true about me. Uh, I got a I I got a pretty short fuse when driving the car in traffic. <laughs> you know, if, if someone does something stupid, you know, in traffic around me, I that that can, that can get under my skin in a hurry. <laughs> and you know, I, I I'd be tempted to react to that guy. I mean, that what he just did was just absolutely ridiculous and and actually very dangerous. You know, I can't believe he did that. I can't. But then I think about something. You know, on my little car out there, I've got a bumper sticker about the virtual Bible study on on the back of my car. And so if I react ugly to this guy who just did something stupid in traffic, and then he gets behind me and sees that bumper sticker for the virtual, that's not going to be good, right? That's not. And so I don't react. And so I guess we can say the bumper sticker saved me. By the way, we've got bumper stickers if you need one for your car. But, th- but you know, we've got to keep that in mind. I've got to keep in mind, if, if I show out just once here, it's going to destroy the potential good of cumulative good influence that I might have on others. You've got to keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. All right, so we've got influence. And some of it we know. We, we're aware of, of our influence on others. We might not even know that people are picking up on what we're doing, but they are. And so our final admonition is guard your influence. You got to guard your influence. That's a final reminder. It's not a new, it's not a new message to you, but a final reminder. Guard your influence. There's not really, I think, uh, there's, there's very little that we could do that would be more hurtful to the cause of Christ than putting out a bad influence in the community where we live. Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. And that's what we're doing, right? We are actually setting an example. And others will apply it to the people we associate with religiously. That guy's a member of the College View Church of Christ. I guess they're all like him. Well, that might be a good thing, right? But it might not be a good thing either. What's my example? Show yourself an example. And Paul clearly meant here, show yourself a positive example and influence of the believers. He said a similar thing to Titus. Titus 2 verse 7. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. In all things... Show thyself a pattern of good works. Be consistent in exercising a positive influence. 
And so, I don't think anybody could deny there is real power and influence. Remember, I think it's kind of interesting to see the word flu in influence. And just like influenza spreads, our influence spreads. And what we want is for our influence to be a good thing that brings honor and glory to the God that we serve. Thanks for listening to our lesson this morning. Hope it's been helpful. We're going to sing a song of invitation urging you to think about your life, your relationship to God, your influence in this world. If you're not a Christian yet, we we urge you to become one through obeying that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. If you're a Christian already, but maybe your influence has not been so good and you realize that's the case, we urge you to repent, confess, come back to him in prayer. We'd be glad to pray with you and for you if that's what you need. Let us know how we can help while we stand and sing this song.